star date. I forgot to look it up. It is today. <laughs> Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new and classic Star Trek. I'm your captain for the evening, Mariah Gossett. And with me on the view screen, we have... I'm Clyde Haynes. Woo. Hey, Clyde. It's uh, just the two of us for tonight for finale night. Pew, 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 pew. We're going to make it happen, Captain. Uh, I'm really excited to talk with you, Clyde, about this finale episode, dig into everything that was season one of Strange New Worlds. Uh, but first, Clyde, can you remind people how they can interact with us if they're watching us live on uh, a streaming platform? Yes, whatever your preferred streaming platform is, if you're catching us live, we are excited that you're here and we want to hear from you. So how can we hear from you? Just chat along with all of our our. our our viewers. And if you have an opinion that you'd like us to check out, a question, a comment, something that you want to share, want to catch our attention, just type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we will take that and, and we'll, we will see your, your chat. And in a moment, we're going to ask you for your special take, your special thing, and you'll know what it is in a minute. And you just type in capital H, capital F, capital HF in the pod, and we'll know your take on the show. Yes. Thank you, Clyde. So we will keep an eye on the chat for all things, uh, your thoughts, opinions, and questions. Uh, but for now, let's go over some of the basics here. We're going to touch a time crystal and recap this episode. A Quality of Mercy, directed by Chris Fisher, written by executive producers Henry Alonzo Myers and Akiva Goldsman. We got the big dogs in the seat tonight, writing and directing. And uh, I think it might be time for a little thing on this show that we call Hot Freaks! Hot Freaks! Okay. Time for some Hot Freaks. So, so I just want to say, I was hoping that you were going to show the, the Hot Freaks with the beard. Because at the very beginning of this episode, when she says, I, I don't know, you got rid of the beard. And he says, you know, the beard seems like an era, a different type of era. And I was just like, yes, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. In the future, with Riker, it's a, it, it feels it's a like Riker a, beard. It's a Riker beard. Um, so yeah, I was. We're like, on the same nice wavelength. Touch. We're feeling it over the internet. I got you, Clyde. Yeah. Uh, what was your hot freak of this particular episode? So okay, I'm gonna put out this. the thing I love about this pod is that we can say we can say stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna say stuff. I love this episode. I absolutely love this episode. Um, I'll get it out there now. Um, as much as I love this episode, I loved it more after I went and watched Balance of Terror and then watched it again and then watched Balance of Terror again. Um, I thought it was clever. I thought it was really well executed. It it added something. A lot of times if you do a remake or, or you know, you, you extend it, it's just the same old same. I thought this really added something to the plot of, of Pike um, and his character. So I loved it. That being said, I'm going to just jump out there and I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. I didn't think I was going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Jim Kirk. Mm -hmm. Not so much. Mm, interesting. I, I, I thought here's my thought on, on the Jim Kirk. I thought if you're trying to convince me that he's Sam's Kirk's brother, hooray, nailed it, right? 
if you're trying to get me to fall in love with him as Jim Kirk for your spinoff that you're going to have later, not so much. He lacks swag. So, and well, Kirk is a swagosaurus rex. So, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk Kirk in a little bit because I have some th- similar thoughts. But my uh, personal hot freak of this episode was I uh, loved it. I thought it was a great ride. I do think for me, last week's episode almost felt more like a finale than th- as far as like. Hmm. Uh, you know, we lost someone. There was a lot of action. There was a lot of suspense. I think it's also just that I, this might also just be purely me personally because I love horror so much that I was like, yeah. oh, this is it. Icing on the cake. We're done, right? That was it. We're good. Um, but I thought this was so well executed. I love when Star Trek plays with time travel. And I thought this was a really interesting way to do that. It also is... Um, you know, the fun morality play of Trek as always of is our destiny truly written or do we get to write it ourselves and what happens when you uh, mess around with that. Um, So yeah, I thought it was great. I enjoyed all of the homage to the original um, Balance of Terror episode and how they obviously lovingly paid homage to the original series within this in our more advanced um, special effects time, (laughs) which was fun to kind of watch back to back and see. Um, My spouse made a comment about how like in the original series, because everything looks like it's made out of cardboard, when the ship takes a hit, you're almost more worried for them than in this version of the Enterprise. And I uh, I was like, I kind of agree. (laughs) But um, but all of that to say is I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was smart to leave us on a small cliffhanger, not a gigantic one. Um, not to say that Una's, t- Una's story is small, but it's not like the fate of the universe big. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a character arc balance. So, yeah. yeah. Here, here's the thing that I think Strange New World is running into is that some of the, the tension and the weight is just deflated because we know things, right? And so... Mm-hmm. I had a brief moment where I'm like, oh my goodness, they're they're taking Una away. What's gonna we, happen? We do not know what happens to her though. I've been but, digging all day. Timelines. But, but don't we know don't we know that in the cage, she's in the cage, right? As Michelle Barrett. Michelle Barrett plays her in the right. cage. And so I'm like, so she's back on the Enterprise at some point, right? So I, I was looking through memory alpha because I was asking the same question. Mm-hmm. I you know, I don't think we're going to never hear from her again. So. Right. I mean, she's going to come back, but we truly don't know very much about her character. So we True. don't know everything that is about to transpire. And we know that her be- coming back to the Enterprise in some way happened. You know, the the events of the cage are a few years into the future. Mm-hmm. So we have some fun to play with with her character here in the middle. Yeah. Um, L- let's see Lee's- what some... Lise A has has maybe my favorite hot freak so far. She says, uh, Captain Bartell ain't getting any more sexy spaghetti spaghetti dinners or leftover breakfast. No more uh-uh. pasta mamas. She's done out of there. All done, son. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, uh, that was see. a nice twist, no? Like, like mm-hmm. she came back and I don't know. I, uh, I didn't I didn't care for her that much anyway, so 
Yeah, I mean, I appreciate when it's not just a one-off love interest character. We get to learn a little sure. bit more about her, right? Um, yeah. Pod, it was interesting that on two different treks, a person was taken away at the end. That is true. Let's see. We also have Kuhn. Uh Loved the weaving of Balance of Terror into the episode, but the way they wrote Ortegas felt off and out of character. I think Ortegas so is trying to sort of play that other guy on the bridge opposite Sulu and, and sort of playing that character a bit in an homage because that is, you know, we don't know what happens to Ortegas in the future thus far. But yeah no yeah. spot on I, I i had the same thought i think when i originally watched it having not seen balance of terror um prior my biggest issue is ortegas felt wrong right that anger that uh, the way she was kind of talking about the romulans the yeah like, the way she talked it felt wrong then when i saw balance of terror i was like oh i see mm -hmm. what they're doing here this feels right okay got it yeah i um I think too, I always have to kind of remember that in TOS, right? Like the big bads of TOS are sort of feigning a representation, a metaphor for the Cold War, right? And so mm. I think there's always this, um, and and I'm, I want to talk about that with you in a, in a little bit, is this has parallels and shares a namesake with a Twilight Zone episode, um, which also happened to co-star Leonard Nimoy. Uh, so, and is very applicable, uh, very similar themes are approached in both. And so we can kind of talk about them in a second, but it, it has to do with how do we deal with the concept of war and what does never ending war actually mean? So I think it's super interesting. Um, Chupi says, Hot Freak, very clever, intense episode. The Romulans line applied so perfect to Pike. I am now looking forward to a classic TOS courtroom drama up next season with Una. Oof, good Ooh. point. That's going to be great. Nice. I enjoyed that as well. Let's see what's going on here in the chat. Stress for K. Pike may have abandoned the first server, but no way is he going to let Una go without a fight. Very true. He's not going to let Una go without a fight. All right. Let's see. I think that was it for now. Um, so this episode starts with uh, more breakfast time with Pike. I like this sort of reintroduction we get to him through different meals and seeing what he's cooking. I think it's a really interesting uh, way to sort of glimpse into the character. And I've seen interviews with um, with some of the EPs like Akiva Goldsman and, and some of the other folks about how once a captain is cast, right? Like they have a concept of who the captain is going to be, but then they get to know the actor who's portraying the captain. And they use a lot of that to inform some of these um, different qualities. And there's actually a really good interview with um, Anson Mount in Esquire that came out this week where he's talking about being a Star Trek captain, um, a lot of conversation about his hair, but <laughs> they got into what is like the defining characteristic uh, for Pike. And, you know, he kind of argued Kirk is that sort of like brawn and charm. Picard is intellect. And for Pike, it's truly heart. And part of the way that they try to show that is that um, Anson Mount personally likes to cook meals for people is really outdoorsy. Like this is something that he truly enjoys to do. And so it's something that's really informed the way they've kind of characterized Pike. So are you going to Pike's for breakfast? Yes. I mean, not that breakfast that just did not look 
I was like, I mean, it was like Cachoe Pepe without the Pepe. <laughs> I, I was just, I was like, I've seen you do some interesting things that make me want to buy your cookbook. That looked like you were phoning it in. So, I mean, can I get some of those waffles they were talking about last week with the like, hey, have some of the, like, can I get some of that? Last mm-hmm. week's breakfast was amazing. I want, Truly. I'm coming to that breakfast. The leftover spaghetti and an egg. Nah, man. Do better. Um, someone did bring this up as well. We can talk more Una um, things here, but Kuhn brings up a point. The cage is definitely pre-discovery because if memory serves in season two, it's set after that episode. Hmm. So interesting. I have to go back and look at the timeline. I know there's the, the timeline is very Jeremy bear me in my brain at this point. Um yes. So we get a little Pike versus Pike moment. What did you think of Anson Mount's uh, portrayal of his older self? So um, immediately, I I love that they weaved in the 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 movie uniforms. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh okay, I love it. I thought Pike, older Pike, kind of had that kind of admiral swag to him. I, I was like, wow, I I dug it, um, and I like the way he he spoke to himself right like it had a very pike quality to it right so it's it's coming with this wisdom and again i talk about how kirk doesn't have swag pike has swag so older pike has that kind of sean connery swag he's like look can we just skip all this like you're gonna believe me at some point so let's just let's skip to the end so i i I dug it um i thought it was a it was fun and execute it real well. Like it didn't feel kind of campy. Um, I think it's yeah. easy for actors to be like, oh, I have to play the old man version of myself <laughs> and get into that like, oh, I'm so old. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, um, I thought it was fairly restrained and well well portrayed. And there was some interesting use of like changing some of his like vocal fry a bit to sound more like weathered and tired. But it wasn't like so overdone that you felt like it was a caricature of like old man <laughs> Pike. Yeah. And I also love like what they did with the story and mm-hmm. tying it to something that was a nice touchstone to discovery with bring back the time crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just kind of like, I-, I love it. It was, it almost felt like a reward for those of us who watch every episode of every series. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. We're we're gonna we're gonna give you something. This is gonna yeah. make so much sense to you because you were there the first time he touched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pretty quickly jump into the redux of the balance of terror, mm-hmm. um, and I thought they did such an incredible job of not only picking some of the best lines out of that original episode and literally having the actors say them line for line. Um, But also there is some interesting use of like blocking and some of those like longer reaction shots, those things you typically see in a TOS episode, you know, when something dramatic happens and it's like, we sort of giggle at it now and they did a better job of it in this episode where it's like the, you're too long on each person's face as they Mm -hmm. react to seeing a Romulan for the first time. And um, I thought there was an interesting moment with, um, uh, reviewer Ryan Britt from Den of Geek brought up something I thought was interesting. So uh, something that will have lasting difference in this particular timeline is 
that Pike now knows what Romulans look like and that they look like Vulcans, which is something that is not true through the original series until mm. this moment. Um, and it's now become a fact he seems to have to keep to himself for the next seven years since no one in Starfleet is supposed to actually know what they look like until Balance of Terror. Um, but apparently uh, some fans have debated for years that Spock uh, did know what the Romulans look like. And that could potentially be, be because of Pike and Spock mind melds that occur later down the line. Hmm. So it's an interesting See, conundrum. See, this is a type of like Trek deep dive. <laughs> that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating phenomenon. That, that's true. Like if you look at the timeline, he's he now knows what a Romulan looks like, but we're still quite a ways away. And it's almost interesting. Why would he keep that to himself? Like what the Romulans look like. Mm-hmm. Like eventually he's gonna be like, "Hey, Spock, just so you know, <laughs> the Romulans kind of look a lot like Vulcans." I mean, yeah. Like it was. It, it would be interesting because if if he was to share that information, y- you would think that the Federation would then be able to be more prepared. They could have research. Um, like you think that'd be vital information. But I guess, you know, if you're playing by the rules of time travel, right, is that you have to Who just play by the rules of time travel, <laughs> right? Most of the rules of time travel in, involve a DeLorean. So I play by the rules. No. Um, but I think if you're trying to not have a catastrophe, right, not mm-hmm. in the world, then you kind of want that to to set up correctly. So I guess I get it. I did like that ultimately the main lesson of this episode is that in order for the worlds in the universe to survive, Kirk and Spock must become friends and work together on the Enterprise. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, it it was interesting, you know, not to jump ahead, but, you know, they talk about the fact that it's like, you know, old, older Pike Mm -hmm. um, says, you know, the thing that matters most is now sitting in, you know the you know the sick bay right referring to spike uh, to spock for me i always looked at it was kirk and spock right it's it's that that kirk swag and that that cool logic spock that combination is where is where the magic was um and so i think it's 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 yes and and i i just i kept thinking What's that like to know you think you're the greatest captain, right? On the greatest ship. Mm-hmm. But what really needs to happen is you need to step aside and let this young guy, right, step into your ship with your crew in order for things to really progress. Man, there's a lot that goes into the, the psyche of Pike. They really do need a ship counselor because he's go- he's got a lot going on. For realsies, I did just see the most important comment yet is uh, if Kirk and Spock don't serve together, then there's no mission to save the whales. And truly, you guys know how I feel about these whales, man. It's the most important, <laughs> the most important thing that has to happen. Yes, it has to happen. Um, we do get to see a glimmer and I saw uh, on the ready room this week, Ethan Peck talked about how it was a challenge for some of them, especially him and Cecilia who plays uh, Hora um, 
you know, so far all season, they're playing these very early versions of these very well-known characters, right? So you're having to play them as they're developing and figuring themselves out. And then here in this finale, they're supposed to be playing the TOS versions. You have Lieutenant Uhura now, and mm -hmm. you have the first officer, Spock. And so I think you, he said it was an interesting challenge and he was glad it came at the end of the season after you've kind of lived in this character for a while, because now you're having to be this fully formed version of these characters. And I was a little sad that they didn't give this version of Ahura the beehive. I thought that would have been a really fun little nod. Um, but I know it's not like a fully fledged, like full remake, but I was just like, Oh, I would have really loved that little touch. <laughs> I, I'm going to say this, and this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I'm glad that there wasn't a yeoman Rand in, in this version. <laughs> I, I will. I don't know if it, if it um, hit you in the same way, but in watching um, the Balance of Terror right after watching um, this finale, I just noted how you know Star Trek in the early days was touted for how like you know quote unquote progressive it was. It had women on the deck. It had all of these different you know cultures represented, but it was such a drastic difference to go from a bridge that is predominantly run by women to then a bridge that was 99% men and then a hurrah. And then you have like the ancillary women characters in their short thing, like taking log notes and like, I'm getting married. And it was just like, Oh, I forgot how like, rough it was to get like compelling stories for women on television at that time and I was like even with this being like a show that broke so many grounds it was truly a whiplash to go between the two of them yeah I, I gotta agree like I, I was I was struggling for a minute right um, so one I immediately noticed that in Strange New World or Hura's character is has much more to do Mm -hmm. right like one of the, the quick things i noticed and i went back and had to look at it a couple times is that in the strange new world version uhura is actually in the room where they're discussion discussing mm -hmm. in balance of terror she's she's manning the bridge and so he he tells her you know I, she, she was the the officer on deck and i can understand how that can be seen as important but i thought it was more important that she was in that room where they're having this discussion Mm -hmm. right like not you know i do like lynn manuel very much so i'll just go ahead and quote it i thought it was important for her to be in the room where it happens yeah. right um and so that was that was something i immediately noticed and then like i said you've got these ancillary characters and short skirts with i'm be honest questionable like camera angles <laughs> like it just it was kind of like hmm and the whole notion of yeoman rand right like they're about to be shot at and she's literally cuddling up to the captain on the middle of the bridge was just kind of like what the hell <laughs> right like i was kind of confused mm -hmm. whereas in strange new worlds everybody is focused and everybody is professional and everybody's got something to do um and even I i'll just say it there's a moment where in balance of terror they toward the end they send 
what's his face, the guy who doesn't like Spock. They send him down to the the phaser room, mm-hmm. and and Kirk says, "Uhura, take the helm." She sits down. The look that Sulu gives her was just like, "Dude, what are you doing? Do your job." Like it just it it felt. I'm gonna say it cringy. Like mm-hmm. it just it it felt out of place. So when you say whiplash. I was like, absolutely. Like, I was just kind of like, I had to keep going. All right, we're talking about the 70s. Like, it's a little bit like we, it's a little I know. Yeah, it was just like, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, you know, like it had, uh, it, it did things in the time that it was in, right? And and like, that's great. But it is so much nicer in this timeline and in this universe that we get to see this particular bridge crew. Um and and I don't know what the forward momentum of the whole series is. If it is like we get through Pike's timeline and then go into a rebooted TOS eventually, um, where we would maybe get to right some of those those wrongs. Um, which you know, I have I would have to see how it's executed to to fully form an opinion about it. But uh, yeah, it was it, it was a reminder of like what it did in its time, but then it also like. I thought this this was a version I enjoyed watching more. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was definitely a version I enjoyed watching more. Um, yeah. I did want to talk I, about Kirk. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say since we since we brought up Sulu, I thought it was interesting that when we took Strange New World and Pike's crew into the future, we didn't see any Sulu anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we got a little bit of Scotty. We didn't really see Bones, but from what I remember, Kirk and McCoy had a very close relationship, which so I would expect him to be the medical, uh, uh, you know, the chief medical officer on the, the Farragut. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Like, I kind of looked around and was like, this is this is fascinating because Sulu is such a, you know, a, a, a key character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder I where wonder, he ended up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess if like if Pike is still in charge of that bridge and that crew, you know, who does, you know, we, we've obviously established that there's a bit of a rotating seat in engineering. <laughs> so uh, we'd have to see what else sort of happens there. And we get to see Laon kind of come mm-hmm. back for a moment as well and see that she's off working on different ships. But she seems so different. Yeah. She seems so different. Like she's a. I'm fascinated to see what her journey is to get from where we saw her to where that was, because even without and I wonder, too, is if if all of these events will change how that outcome is as well. Is that her full destiny or is that the version of this particular timeline? Anyway, yeah, I mean, her like the way she hugged Pike was like this is like this isn't the first time we've hugged like it was very endearing and i was just kind of like to your point what what was the journey that happened to got to get her from always stone cold serious to soft and and hugging it's just it was Mm -hmm. i'm i'm so fascinated by this yeah it's gonna be interesting um so yeah i wanted to talk about kirk and um I agree with you that it did not. He, I, I think it's also because I really enjoy Chris Pine as our current rebooted Kirk, and I and I was like, oof, it's some, it's big shoes, huge shoes to have to fill. 
Yes. And um, I agree with you that the swagger was not there for me. Um, but I also then had to frame it in my mind of this is not Enterprise Kirk. And so I wonder if not getting that big shiny seat after a certain amount of time in the academy and kind of working up a bit, if that does not change how much swag is on that swagometer. <laughs> that is, that's, that's a really thoughtful take. Um, because even yeah. when they, so when they jump back, right, like Pike is then looking at Kirk's sort of like um, current record up on mm -hmm. the screen and you can see he's a little bit blonder. The hair's a little bit more trendy and so he looks a little bit younger. And so I was like, oh, perhaps there is a different version of a Kirk eventually to come. I think that'll be interesting. I mean, I, um, yeah, I, I was struggling with that. And to your point, Chris, Chris Pine was an amazing, um, like follow up to Kirk. Yeah. Um, but I also, I guess I look at, at what they've done with Spock. And I feel like they've nailed it a number of Ethan, times. Ethan Peck and um, Zachary Quinto have both, yes. I think, gone above and beyond. Yeah. Right. And then you you look at what they've done with Uhura, and I'm going, wow. And even the kind of, was it, Keith Urban's McCoy, right? Like, I feel like they've nailed these. I and then th this one, I just don't know what happened. I just, I just don't know what happened. So you're right. Maybe, maybe they'll have an opportunity to fix it. But I mean, do you you remember what it was like when Ethan Peck first showed up on Discovery? Like we were all yeah. a little suspicious, but he just he won us over almost mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah, and so I, I, I mean, I leave it to this guy. If this is the guy they've chosen, I feel like they haven't steered me too wrong on any of this new trek. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm down to go along for the ride and see what happens. I do think he needs a little bit of a Kirky makeover moment to really give me what I'm looking for. And like, listen, I was never really into like into the looks of like Shatner era Kirk. Like, that's not like my cup of tea. But I get like I understand why people were into it does that make sense like I was like yeah. oh I see and understand people's appeal of like this character and this particular actor and like the the ego of it and there is definitely no ego there yet so I, I think here's here's my thought if from a strange new a strange new world standpoint I don't know that it matters, right? And the question is, how much of Kirk will we actually see? Mm -hmm. I think their opportunity here, and this is going to sound crazy, but the opportunity here is, do they want a spinoff that eventually extends TOS? So that, not a yeah. reboot of TOS, but an extension. Hmm. To do that, your Kirk's got to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So... We'll see. We'll see. But um, I did really enjoy the moment that they had together towards the end um, when Pike is like, tell me a little bit about yourself. And we sort of get Pike reflecting on, like you were saying earlier, Clyde, like he has to eventually step away in order for the future to be written correctly. And he's trying to make sure he's going to feel good about leaving this ship in the hands of this 
new captain. Um, I think everyone's calling you out in the comments right now. <laughs> yeah. Nicole is like, nope, we're good. They want to stay with the movies. They don't want, don't touch TOS is, is what I just I'm keep doing Kelvin timeline <laughs> movies, which I know there are more coming. So we shall see. Um, I also wanted to talk about the Pike VR Romulan captain versus the Kirk ver uh, against the Romulan captain and their different approaches. Right. Like we, I think especially in watching um, the balance of terror immediately afterwards, I did see how much more like almost like shooting from the hip style Kirk was in this particular situation um, versus the more diplomacy style of, of Pike. But there was an interesting moment in both. And, and this line was meant differently um, in both episodes is the Romulan says you and I, or of a kind in a to in a different reality, I could have called you a friend. And I thought that was such an interesting way for them to pluck that line and have it mean two totally different things um, in context, yeah. because the Pike context context is that he sees Pike trying to not have a never ending war. And he appreciates that as someone who has been, through war and doesn't want to do this anymore. And then to Kirk, he sees that Kirk outsmarted him without having to take lives. Right. And Kirk, even at the end offers to transport everyone over. And that's when you get the line delivery of like, Oh, I see you've outsmarted me and you also don't want to start a war. We could also be friends. And I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. I, I their approaches were really interesting and i i the the thing that I, I immediately thought about was discovery right because it brought me back to really the pilot of discovery where again we have burnham who grew mm -hmm. up vulcan and is looking and is looking at these klingons and going you have to show force right you you have to show this aggression aggression otherwise they won't respect you Right. This is your this is your moment. And it's so different um, from what we think of Trek as so much diplomacy. Right. The Picard Trek, even the Janeway Trek, the Cisco Trek, they're always looking for the diplomatic answer first. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we it, it was interesting to see how important both sides are. Right. And what I think what, what I was what I walked away with, you kind of have to know when to talk, when it's the time to talk and when it's the time to shoot. And it's a really hard thing to know. Fortunately, they're time crystals. So you get some help. In this particular case, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I did want to point out a fun fact is that Leonard um, or Mark Leonard, who played the original Romulan commander in um, the TOS episode, also eventually plays Sarek um, and then also played a Klingon captain in the original motion picture, um, which means that he is the only Star Trek actor to have played a Vulcan, a Romulan and a Klingon. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. I thought that was fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I definitely enjoyed this episode quite a bit and thought there were a lot of little neat, like touchstones and, mm -hmm. and, and, and kind of moments. 
I remember thinking when Pike comes into the bridge of the Enterprise and Spock is sitting in the chair and he lingers a little bit and then gets up. I was like, hmm. Spock kind of felt like he was in that chair for a while. And then when I went back and watched kind of Balance of Terror, it was the same thing. I was like, they really did try and, and bring in the feel of that episode so that so that you were getting a true what if, right? Mm-hmm. Like a what happens if Pike doesn't get hurt and he stays, he he, he stays in the chair. Um, and I was, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I don't know yeah. that I'll watch it again for a third time tonight, but. Yeah. Maybe t- not tonight, but on the next, like the whole binge yeah. through of the whole season. <laughs> exactly. Um, I did want to talk about, so um, the concept of mercy is a virtue. So the twilight zone, um, the ep- a quality of mercy is also the title of a twilight zone episode. Um, and there it's also pulled from a line from uh, the merchant of Venice. Uh, and in the closing monologue of the twilight zone. So I guess some um, spoilers for twilight zone. <laughs> if you haven't watched it. It that's, it's another one of my faves. Um, the quote is the quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is blessed him that gives and him that takes and then uh they you know they're like shakespeare the merchant of venice but applicable to any moment in time to any group of soldiery to any nation on the face of the earth or in this case to the twilight zone um and so i thought that was interesting that it's the concept of 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 like mercy towards a group of people you've you particularly don't like so in the episode of the twilight zone it is um from a couple of different vantage points between american and japanese soldiers and so they both end up with this morality sort of um a fork in the road where they're at one point the japanese soldiers are faced with like sick and injured american soldiers inside of a cave and they have to decide if they are going to attack them or just leave them and um the other and like three years later, the same sort of situation happens where um, Americans come upon sick and injured Japanese soldiers. And, and so they both have to make a choice of like, is it worth to continue to take lives of war when these particular lives are not going to harm anybody, but they you have been tasked with with the concept of war and do you show mercy? Um, I think. I don't want to tell you what everyone's decisions were because I think you should go watch it. But it's um, yeah. it's super interesting and kind of similar in this way where we get to see Pike and Kirk have to make those similar calls of do you go after those who are injured and can no longer fight for themselves at this point um, with this particular Romulan ship at different points in the episode. So I thought that was interesting. I, I also thought it was interesting that when we look at kind of Pike's version Pike and the Rom- Romulan captain really wanted to stop, right? It was everyone around them that almost wouldn't let them stop, mm-hmm. right? Like it, everyone was escalating. And it, it, you know, we think of these captains so often as having the ultimate authority, right? To be, to be able to do these things. But in truth, that's not really the case, right? You can have a someone on your crew that does something right you can have their other you know their their other admirals and praetors who 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 can kind of put you in a situation where this thing 
that you want to happen doesn't happen. Because imagine for a moment if Pike and the Romulan captain were able to actually have a ceasefire and go their separate ways. Right? Yeah. But it just escalated and kept escalating and kept escalating. Um, so. Yeah. And and I think, you know, part of the, the point of the Twilight Zone episode, and I think what's illustrated here is like, there is the understanding of while these two adversaries know that their small ceasefire moment or their small act of mercy isn't going to really change the longer picture of the war that's about to begin but they can at least for the day not have to face it you know and i think that is um is interesting it's a, especially because um um roger uh rod sterling who wrote and created the twilight zone he was um, a paratrooper in world war ii and so i think he always had a very um interesting outlook on on war and, and what that does to to people in the long run so Super interesting, especially because essentially the Romulans were the Russians <laughs> in this case, uh, yeah. in the original series. So as far as taking a place there and what do we what do we make that? Um, we eventually find out that if Pike does essentially anything to alter the future, it results in the death or um, permanent um disabling of spock something happens to spock to where spock can no longer be the person who will eventually unify the vulcans and the romulans um what did you think of that moment at the end between pike and spock where pike knows he can't really tell spock what just happened but spock sort of knows that something happened i mean there's this there's this weight of leadership right and it's one of the things that i think will ultimately put Pike's name on the Mount Rushmore of Starfleet captains, right? Because if you think about it before this, before Discovery, Pike was a name, and we've seen Pike in the J.J. Abrams movies mm -hmm. a little bit, and we were always told that Pike was great, but he wasn't one of ours, right? Mm -hmm. If I asked, you know, 100 people, who's your favorite Star Trek captain? No yeah. one's ever going to say Pike, right? Now that's not that's not true right and part of that i think what goes into that is that we we want our, our star trek captains to be you know a little bit better than us but we want them to be able to hold weight and so to know that you have to keep this to yourself because the fate of the the universe is at stake that's weight and even though pike doesn't know it we've seen a lot we've seen navarre Right. Mm -hmm. So we know that what he's really doing goes far beyond what he or Kirk or Picard or Janeway or Cisco. None of them can see how important this moment is. And so for him to be able to carry that weight. I, I, like I, I get it and I, 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 I applaud him and I'm looking and going, you're a captain. Like it's almost like. You're official now. You are officially mm -hmm. a badass captain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. This season has definitely solidified Pike as like as a Trek captain that we are going to know and love, I hope, for a few seasons. And I think one that people will 
at- attach their fandom to. I think the show exists in part because people attached fandom to him so quickly during Discovery. Um, so I think it's uh, I think it's really exciting and I'm glad we get to visit with all these characters and get new ones and that we do get this fully fleshed out version of Pike um, since he is pretty integral to the the future of so many captains mm-hmm. to come. I also want to say I'm really impressed by Paramount. Um, and the reason why I say that is I think what they've done with this show is nothing short of brilliant. Because if you think about it, what, they, what, what they've done to us is they have us all talking about a property that is over 55 years 50, old. Yes, it's it's almost 60 years old. And they have us talking about it and engaging with it and watching old episodes. It's it's almost like it's new. And and what they're doing with this series is reinvigorating stuff they've already done. Right. And that's that's fascinating. Because what you're talking about is quite quite honestly, I'll say many of us weren't even born mm-hmm. when when this premiered. Right. And so I think about the fact that there not only do you have new people who are engaging with Trek now with Discovery, but now you're going to have them really looking at the catalog as a whole um, and going back and looking and asking questions to your point. And, ha- and, and it's a bit of history, right? You're looking going, this is how we felt about women. This is how we felt about the Cold War. Like it, it these are important conversations, I think, for us to have. And Paramount, that's a master stroke in terms of what they've done with this to reinvigorate other things. Um, I, I, I find it fascinating. Like I'm, I'm actually looking at going, I have TOS has never been my favorite series. Um, but now it's gotten me interested in wanting to watch more TOS episodes mm-hmm. because I want to know more about these characters. Yeah. I think um, it's just going to continue to build the the franchise. Like you're, you're saying Clyde and um, I think it also, I mean, it's it's doing what they want. Like the critics um, awards, like nominees just came out and Strange New Worlds has multiple for best streaming drama. drama. I almost said dramedy, but it's a drama. <laughs> um, and I, I think this is doing what they, uh, Laura Dex also shouts. Laura Dex got a bunch for streaming mm-hmm. uh, um, animated. So I think, They've found a way to appeal to a lot of different folks. And I also think what has been smart about Strange New Worlds is you don't have to be a Trek fan to enjoy this show. If you are coming in without watching any other Trek, you could still follow and have fun and enjoy this ride. And I think if you have Trek knowledge, there's just like additional layers for you to also come to learn and, and love. And I think they've done that with lower decks as well. And so I think it's a great way, like you were saying, Clyde, it's an introductory point for people to then go, oh, what else is in this back catalog? Uh-huh. And I would guarantee in the next five years, we're going to have more people who've just started watching um, Deep Space Nine for the first time and watching TNG for the first time and watching Voyager for the first time. And, you know, they'll probably be like, oh, this isn't as this isn't as, you know, Exciting. fancy and flashy yeah. as as current Trek. But I think if you're entering into the world, it's just going to you're going to want to get into the world building that's already been done. I mean, it's it's interesting that you say that because I think, you know, what what you're saying is 
they're going to be people who look at the original holodeck and go, this is cheesy tech. Now, I remember when you first saw the holodeck, it was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Right. And they're going to look at it like I looked at, you know, when Kirk hit the Romulan bird of prey with, you know, a phaser shot and this big piece of the wall came down and fell on the centurion. I'm thinking he is fine. That styrofoam didn't hurt him. <laughs> so um, it, 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 it will, but I think you're absolutely right. People can go back and they go, I want to know more about these characters. I want to mm-hmm. know more. Right. I think you look at Picard, you look at lower decks and you're going to want to go, I need to know more about Riker. Well, the only place you're going to find more about Riker other than the intro to our show is <laughs> TNG. Yeah. Right. I think you're going to watch Prodigy and they're going to go, I need to know more about Janeway. So they're going to go back and watch Voyager. Right. I, I, I think you're going to see this is an expansion. And I got to be honest, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, I, I, yeah. I'm all for more Trek. I am not for Ash. So you can keep your Ash. I'll take as much of Giorgio and Section 31 as I can get. But uh, you can keep your Ash. We shall see what else is in the pipeline. Um, but what did you think of this whole first season as a whole? What What are your thoughts now that we've ha- kind of closed this chapter? How would you write? Uh, what, what What's your hot freak of the whole season? It, kudos. Like you've given me something different and I love it. Um, I this is episodic it's fun it's different it's campy it's horror um i I really enjoyed this this season i think there was a the stakes were really high going in and you know we got a little bit of we got a little bit of of spock and pike and discovery so coming into their own show those were kind of big shoes to feel and they've done it really well. Like, like again, I'm looking going, ah, I wish we had three, six, eight more episodes. Like, I'd be for it. Um, and so I look back on the season and go, you've given me some characters that I'm interested in. I want to know more about Ote- or- Ortegas. I want to know more about Mbega. I'm still mourning the loss of Hemmer. However, if... I'm mourning the loss of Himmer because you're going to give me Scotty next season. I'll take it. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just, I, I look back and go, you've got, you've given me Leon and Una. And now I've got this Una arc that I'm, I'm interested in. You know, if I got to ding you, I got to ding you on, on chapel. You think you left some meat on the bone on chapel. Um, you know, and you've teased, you know, Spybok out there, Cybok out there, right? So, yeah, I mean, I th- I think that for what they've done, they've done a really good job of introducing a, uh, I guess a uh, a series that's going to compete. Here's the thing about Picard: it didn't take us long to figure out c- c- uh, Picard wasn't going to compete for Discovery for best Star Trek franchise. We we knew it wasn't. This, I think, I think you're going to have people who go, when you say, okay, of the new Star Trek, what's your favorite? I think there are people who are going to say Strange New Worlds over Discovery. I am not one of those people, but it's close. Um, 
And so, yeah, I thought, I thought first season, huge success. What about you? Where I, what'd you think? Yeah, I think it took all of the pieces of things that I enjoyed from the original series and from like, uh, 90s Trek, right. Is like some of the fun tropes and genre play. Um, and some of the inter, like the, the way the whole team sort of works together. But then it also took all of the things that I love from discovery where you get complicated emotional characters Mm -hmm. who are grounded in reality. You get everything looking incredible. You get really killer performances. And so I truly think it is the best of all of the worlds in a lot of ways. It's um, a great mashup and I'm, I'm excited to see where they go. It's not to say that it didn't have, you know, points that I will nitpick and, and speak up about. I still think that there's um, a lot to do in the forms of like disability representation in this show and how they're talking about Pike's future in that particular way. Um, I think I'm still waiting for the duality of Spock to, to bring me something that's new and doesn't feel like a, a, a trope in some ways, but, uh, and the same thing with, with chapel. Um, but there's so many, like there's more positives than there are negatives. Right. Yeah. And when you love something, it's easier to find the flaws to critique because you only want it to get better. And so that's, that's kind of how I feel about it at the end. And I, I feel like you, we also have to acknowledge it's, it's season one. Correct. Right. right. And again, we talk about this all the time. We, you go back and watch season one of, of the next generation. Right. And I, I'll say that's been my favorite. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. You're like, how did this survive the first season? <laughs> Like, how did this get renewed? Like, oh my goodness. Something None of them thought going. it was going to get renewed either. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> and so I have to, and, and even when we, we look at Discovery, Discovery was good, but look, I, I'll be honest. I was not a huge fan of Lorca. Oh, I right? still really like the first season I of know. Discovery. But... <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying it was good. It just. It was so we, different. So different. I think when we got to season two and season three, that you could see some of the characters start to really hit their their stride. Um, I became a huge fan of Saru. When I think about how I look at Saru now versus how I did in the first, the you know those first few episodes, it's night and day. And and so I'm excited about where this show is going to go. And I think they've gotten off to a really good start. But to you know you've you've nailed a lot of the kind of the lot of things I'm looking to see where they go. And we talk about disabilities. We talk about kind of some of the gender issues. We, we talk about, um, you know, you know, they're asking me in the chat, do you love, uh, you know, you, what's wrong? You don't like Chapel? I love Chapel. I think her character is fun and exciting and it's interesting. I just want to hear more about her mm-hmm. than her pining over Spock. Right. I, I want her to have her own backstory and, and, and see her own adventures those are the things that I'm looking for. Um, and so I think, again, like I said, for, for me to be happy, I probably need about 10 more episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's more to come. They're currently like, I think wrapping fil- filming of season two. So there is more to come. I know the next uh, Trek that we get to indulge in is going to be lower decks. There is a small preview in uh, this week's episode of the ready room. So if you want to see a clip, of that they did not give an exact date for when it is coming out so i do think we'll have a little bit of a break here on the pod um but i did want to let people know that um 
Dr. Aaron McDonald, who is the science consultant for Star Trek, is going to record um, an episode with me next week. We'll release, we're going to pre-record it because um, that's when our schedules met up and we'll release um, that episode on Thursday. So there'll still be something in your pod feeds. But if you have questions and want to talk about sciencey things, especially questions about um, this last season of Discovery, I know Dr. Aaron is really excited to dig into some of those questions and we're going to chat all things science um, and Trek. I'm really excited to chat with her. Um, but yeah, I thought this is a great finale. I uh, Finales are hard to stick. I thought they did a good job. I'm excited for the next season. I, it could come out next week and I'd be ready for it. Any final yeah. thoughts from you, Clyde? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think um, so often we look at the penultimate episode as as the peak and the finale is just kind of the closing. And I think they nailed it with the finale. Um, last week was was it just a lot. I mean, it was... It was horror. It we we got Gorn. We saw we haven't we we didn't really see a, a, a an adult Gorn, but we've we've got some Gorn. We lost we lost a beloved character, um, and so that could have really been an interesting finale, right? Emotionally, and but now we've got something completely different. I thought they did a really good job, and and they've got me already waiting for, for you know for some of these things to be answered. Like what happens to Una? Um, you know, what happened, what, what's Pike's next move? So I, I look, I thought it was success. I thought the season was success. I thought the episode was success. I'm, I'm for it. And I'm excited about lower decks. Same. I saw some people asking about a date for lower decks. They've not given us an exact date. Um, the closest I have is the third quarter of 2022. So that probably means at the end of the season or the summer. Um, so I'd say the fall. Uh, I think they are re-airing the first 10 episodes of Prodigy on Nickelodeon proper. So I think that's kind of the thing that's going up um, for now. But uh, we can see. Hopefully we'll get it in August. I think uh, 2P just said last year it came out in August. People expect the same, probably. Um, but yeah. See, that that tells me that we are one. We're really just like one series short right now we need one more series <laughs> to really to fill in right in here <laughs> and boom this is where that. short treks would be great if we had some short treks kind of patching oh, in yeah. some stuff from disco and some lower decky things i would be here for it yes i mean yeah i don't maybe i don't need a full hour maybe i just need like a quick 15 minutes each week to get yeah. me from here see i like that i think they should do sh weekly short treks in between the series that'd be fun i'd be, that'd here be for a it. lot of fun okay well anything else clyde no that's it all right y'all well thank you again for tuning in like i said there will be an episode in your feeds this week get at us on social media or in the slack if you would like to ask some questions of dr aaron the science consultant uh you can join us at patreon.com slash star trek pod for that you can also visit startrekpod.co to find links to everywhere you can listen and watch this episode um clyde how else can people find us on the internet well you can always head over to twitter at, at star trek pod on twitter and insta um and again like mariah said come hang out on us with at patreon it's a lot of fun 
do it. Thanks to Karen, who helps us run our Twitter account. We super appreciate your time and energy over there. It is super helpful. Um, you can find me on the internet in the meantime at Mariah Gossett and uh, at Clyde Haynes for Clyde. And we will talk to you all soon. Live long and prosper. Bye.